Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello once again, everybody. And thank you for joining me in the betters box. It's the bangthebook.com's KBO betting podcast for Thursday, June 18th. I'm your host, Adam Burke. This and every edition of the betters box presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook. BTB and the number 200 is that promo code. 100% 100% deposit match bonus for the sports book. 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at BetDSI. It's only a game until you bet it. Lots of stuff going on over at bangthebook.com this week. I'm still doing my daily KBO article. Again, still not giving out any tracked picks in that article, but hopefully some good analysis, some good information there for you in that daily piece. Also wrote up a preview of the 2020 Belmont Stakes, the first leg of the Triple Crown. That goes off here this weekend at Belmont Park. Not the greatest of fields by any means, and obviously things changing a lot, not just with COVID, but also with Nadal, Charlatan, and Maxfield all out due to injury. They probably would have been in this race. Now they are not, but still got some thoughts up for the Belmont over at bangthebook.com. And I also have my Acorn Stakes preview written up. I just need to get the morning line odds and solidify what I suggest for a bet slip there for that one. So an Acorn Stakes preview also coming your way over at bangthebook.com. The RBC Heritage has started here on Thursday morning, but every week at Bang the Book, you get a write-up, a tournament write-up with some picks, some matchups, some head-to-head stuff on the golf side, and also some daily fantasy value plays to fill out your roster So those both posted over at bangthebook.com. And of course, you can do the in-tournament wagering, as we talked about on Tuesday with Brian Blessing on the podcast. So read through that preview, see if any of those guys catch your eye here for this weekend. Also a preview up for UFC on ESPN 11 and the Geico 500 at Talladega. The Cup Series preview is up, and I will be writing up an Xfinity Series preview for you as well. So covering everything we can over at the website, Hoping that baseball starts in about a month or so. We'll see if that actually ends up happening. Hopefully the NBA and the NHL start in late July. Hopefully we get football. But if we do, we'll cover it all for you over at bangthebook.com. All right, so I just want to talk about something here real quickly before I recap the series that just finished up. And then we'll finish out the show, as we always do, previewing the next round of games coming up here for the weekend. But I just want to illustrate why it is we look for outliers. In handicapping, you know, like I talk about a lot of times, I follow kind of a regression analysis model for handicapping. So I'm sort of looking for the expectation of positive or negative regression and then trying to act on that info. And it's just part of a grander handicapping process, but it is a cornerstone for me in that if I see areas where a team or a player is in line for positive regression, I'm going to try to find ways to bet on that, whether that's a derivative play in favor of that team, a full game side or total, or just, you know, kind of looking at the team totals, markets, stuff like that. There are a lot of different ways to go about this. But if I see a team or a player in line for positive aggression, 
that starts to shape my handicap a little bit. And by positive regression, I'm talking about, you know, a lower ERA and a higher FIP, a higher ERA and a, and a you know, higher FIP, stuff like that. Just looking for ways to handicap out as much variance as I possibly can. So if I've got a big ERA and FIP discrepancy, a high ERA, low FIP, low ERA, high FIP, or an XFIP, which XFIP not kept for the KBO, at least not over at Fangraphs, but you you look for some of these different uh, statistics, some of these things to really pay attention to. Left on base percentage is a big one for me. BABIP is a big one for me. Home run rate, looking for injury indicators, stuff like that. Anything I can use to try and gain an edge within my handicap. And I want to talk about a couple of examples here, specifically from the KBO, that were outliers. The LG bullpen, for example, they were drastically better than anybody else in the league in ERA and whip, walks and hits per inning pitched. This is a team that had an ERA in the 320s, in the 330s for a long period of time. But now they're up to 396. And while that's still the best in the KBO, they were so far off of the range that most of the teams had fallen into that negative regression was almost a guarantee. They have a 552 ERA now over their last 31 innings, which isn't bad by KBO standards, but obviously it's been enough to increase their team bullpen ERA by more than half a run. Now on the flip side here, the Doosan bullpen. The Doosan bullpen allowed 56 earned runs in its first 58 innings of work. They were running an ERA well up over eight. Then all of a sudden they started bringing it down. Now they're under seven. And this is a bullpen for Doosan over their last 71 and two-thirds innings pitched. They've only allowed 30 earned runs. It's a 377 ERA. So we had two outliers. We had two extremes. LG was really good. Doosan was really bad. Over the course of a larger sample size, when you get outliers like this, they're eventually going to gravitate towards the mean. And the mean in this case for the KBO is somewhere in the, you know, 540, 550 type of range, something like that. So you had Doosan well above that. You had LG well below that. And not surprisingly here, we've seen LG's bullpen experience some negative regression. We've seen Doosan's bullpen experience some positive regression. Now, something else I talked about, I believe, on one of the two shows last week looking at some of the discrepancies between actual win-loss and Pythagorean win-loss. Pythagorean win-loss, a standings metric based on run differential. So it takes a team's run differential and spits out an expected record based on that. Well, a couple of the teams that we saw last week were Doosan and KT. And Doosan was an overachiever. I believe I talked about this a week ago on the Thursday show. Doosan had been overachieving by three or four games. What happened? Well, they lost two of three to Hanwha and then started this week losing two in a row. They had lost four games in a row. So it was almost immediate regression for Doosan towards their Pythagorean win-loss. KT was the other big team. They were underachieving by about three and a half games based on their run differential. They went out there, won three in a row, swept SK here this past week, or not this past week, but this past round of series. So it was immediate, and it's not always going to be that way. It's not always going to be so cut and dry. But, again, 
there is a certain range of expectations for just about everything out there in a statistical sense when you're talking about baseball. And most things aren't going to stay that far outside of that range for too long of a period of time. So we look at individual pitchers. We look for guys that are well above or well below their career numbers. We look at their recent numbers, and we try to find out the reasons why those things are happening. Is it left on base percentage? Is it BABIP? Is it bad luck, just sequencing, which is what left on base percentage can kind of tell you? Is it home run rate? Is it a command issue? Is it an injury indicator? We try to find out what's real and what isn't. And obviously, in small sample sizes, everything is subject to variance. But as the sample sizes get bigger, we would expect performance more in line with either the league average or the individual average. So that's why we try to find you know hitters in a daily fantasy context that are maybe starting to show signs of coming out of it or you know, are just performing well below expectations. Pitchers, same thing. And this is true of any level of baseball and really any sport for that matter. Find what sticks out. See if you can explain the reasons why. Then if there is a reason why and something that just doesn't fall in line with the norm, attack it. And you attack it in a manner that makes sense based on actionable info. And again, this is just part of the larger handicapping process. But if you're not a modeler, in order to get an edge, you have to exhaust every possible avenue. And that means statistical deep dives on the teams and the individuals, at least according to my process. And obviously my process doesn't always work out. My KBO results this year will tell you that. But To me, I think this is a very viable approach to handicapping. And this is one of those things where, again, you have to do your homework, but you also have to have an understanding of why these things are taking place. Why are they so far outside of the norm? For example, the Doosan bullpen now, with a 377 ERA in its last 71 and two-thirds, I wouldn't expect that to continue. Because this is a Doosan team that does not field well. And they don't have a high strikeout rate with their relievers. So they are a team that may continue to get better on the whole from a larger sample size standpoint. But that may mean having a 440 ERA or a 450 ERA over their next 70 innings. That would still lower their year-to-date number, but wouldn't be as good as what they've recently done. So again, you just kind of look for the signs and the degrees of regression here and you try to attack them any way that you can out there in the betting market, whether you're playing full game sides and totals, playing the derivatives, the first fives, the team totals, things of that sort, whatever it is that you want to attack, whatever it is that you want to go after, you're going to have actionable info if you do statistical deep dives. So, you know, again, maybe that's not your process for handicapping. Maybe you prefer trends betting or or things of that sort. And, There are a lot of different ways to go about this, to say the least, but a big part of my handicapping process is to find those outliers and look for that regression to the mean. And sometimes it comes through, and sometimes it doesn't, and sometimes it's one of those things that you have to hold on to for a long period of time before it starts to come to fruition. And those are the difficult times because you start digging yourself a hole under the expectation that 
things will reverse course and that things will regress to the mean. And eventually, they probably will. And in a case like the KBO, where it's a league that we don't necessarily know as much about and we're all kind of learning as we go here, it may be a little bit difficult to stick with that process. But again, sometimes it's going to be very cut and dry, like it was with Doosan and KT and their Pythagorean win-loss records and also bullpens like LG and Doosan. Speaking of KT, they do sweep SK in that series. And you know those close wins for KT are a double sign of positive regression in the Pythagorean win-loss department because one of the reasons why they had underachieved so much is that early on in the season, they had a lot of close losses. They would have bullpen blowups. They would lose one-run games in walk-off fashion. At one point, I think they were 0-6 to start the year in one-run games. They would lose two-run games because the bullpen would collapse. Well, now they got some of those close wins back. And that's kind of a sign of not necessarily things evening out, but just regression to the mean. A lot of teams are going to fall within a 500 you know, range, plus or minus three or four games in those one-run contests. So for KT, it's not a big surprise that they would see some positive regression in close games. And kudos to them. They scored 17 runs on 34 hits in a pretty tough hitter's park in this series. Again, as I mentioned going into this series, SK games at home had only averaged eight total runs. Well, KT scored 17 runs themselves in the three games in this series. That's a sign of what a healthy offense can do. And now that this KT offense is healthy, they are a different club, to say the least. And we saw that with them performing pretty well in a tougher hitter's park against SK. Another big story here coming out of this series for KT, Odrissimer Despagne. Seven innings, two earned, six hits, struck out three, did walk four, so a little bit of a red flag there, but much better. Adjustments seem to have been made here, maybe. And a big thing about this, too, for Despagne is that KT is trying to commit to keeping him on a regular MLB rest rotation, which would mean pitching on four days rest, going every fifth day. He's been better in those situations. Obviously, small sample size in play here. But maybe that's something that does make him a little bit more comfortable. So kind of have to keep an eye on that. However... One big worry about KT and the bullpen specifically coming out of this series, and I'll talk about that here in a little bit, something that could be actionable info for us in KT's series here coming up this weekend. SK, they scored 12 runs in this series. They're still under four runs per game at home. And look, in this current run environment, that makes it very, very difficult to win games. And SK has a pretty good rotation. You know, Ricardo Pinto has had his moments. Kim Tae-hoon has obviously had his. Moon Sung-won, Park Jong-hoon, two guys that I really like. But again, they're just making it too hard on themselves by not scoring enough runs. They just, they walk too many guys with their starting rotation too. And when you're talking about very small margins for error because you can't score runs, you cannot issue walks. This is a team that's not bad defensively. They've got some lower BABIP starting pitchers. They've got some strikeout guys in Moon and Park. But they just make it harder on themselves in so many ways. And those are just teams that I don't trust backing. Those are just teams that I find it very, very hard to put my money on teams like that that consistently, for one reason or another, make life harder on themselves. And right now, they do it by not scoring runs and walking too many guys. On the plus side... 
Choi Jeong did hit another home run on Tuesday, back-to-back days with a home run. He has officially come out of it. So SK on the road, maybe their offense has a better chance now with Choi Jeong hitting a little bit more. But still, this is just a very, very bad team here in the KBO. Speaking of bad teams, Hanwha. They get swept by LG as expected, and this was a pretty thick limb that I went out on on Monday. I said this was a bad series for Hanwha. I said these were bad matchups. I didn't like the starting pitchers that they were facing. And, of course, they lose the series, all three in run-line fashion. LG outscores Hanwha 25-13. to And the sad thing is, it was kind of an offensive breakout for Hanwha. They scored 13 runs in the three games. They had scored less than three runs per game at home this season. So this was kind of an offensive showcase for them, and they still got blown out uh, in the first two games of this series, then lost by two on Thursday. But good starts here in this series from LG pitchers, Jung Chan Hyun and also Lim Chan Yu. And, you know, these are two guys that I expected to be good. They've got very good strikeout rates. Lim was in line for positive regression specifically. He wound up pitching very good in this series. Maybe LG is the best team in this league. And obviously a grain of salt coming off of a series against Hanwha. And NC plays Hanwha this weekend. I'm sure they'll write the ship here too. But LG does everything well. The bullpen is still solid. I like the rotation a lot. The offense is very good. Highest hard hit rate in the KBO from their offense. This is a very, very good LG team. And they will do this. They will beat up on the bad teams, I think. They struggle to a degree with teams like Kiwoom or NC. Maybe even Doosan to a degree who they play this weekend. But I think LG is just a very, very solid team. Clearly a top two team with NC based on what we've seen here so far. Hanwha... I mean, look, the, the story remains the same. You know, this is a team that just doesn't get good starting pitching. Outside of Warwick Soppold, they're just bad. Jangmin Jay, he gets rocked. Chad Bell was awful again. They're trailing early in every game. And they're an easy first five run line fade candidate right now. The bullpen did blow Jang Shi Wan's decent start on Thursday. But he was pulled after five innings and 70 pitches. The first reliever comes out, hits the first guy he faces infield single, a walk to load the bases, a strikeout, then a wild pitch, and an E1, an error on the pitcher, that, that's just the mark of a bad baseball team. You know, you pull your starter early for whatever reason. Maybe he was hurt. I don't know. But then the, the reliever comes out, immediately loads the bases without getting it out, gets a big strikeout, has a chance to get out of the inning with a double play, or at least minimize the damage, and then LG doesn't even earn the runs that they score with a wild pitch and an error. I mean, Hanwha just, they hurt themselves day in and day out. And again, the big thing is they are almost always trailing early. And when you're a bad offense, like what the Eagles have, you cannot play catch-up. And they've been forced far too many times to play catch-up here for this season. So if you don't want to lay the massive prices fading them, which, I mean, right now you're printing money if you are, maybe first fives, maybe first five run lines, priced a little bit differently, something like that. But Hanwha, I mean, they're just, they're bad. And they're bad early, and they're bad late, and they're just all around. One of the worst baseball teams we've seen in any league, to say the least. Kiwum walks off a series winner against the Lotta Giants. And, you know, Lotta, I mean, credit to them. They probably should have gotten swept in this series because Eric Jokic went in, this, in the opening game, 
but they found a way to win that one, won it off of the Kiwoom bullpen. Now, you could also say that they should have won on Thursday because Dan Straley went eight innings, struck out 12, wound up with a no decision, a tough luck no decision at that. But credit to Lee Sung-ho, the 21-year-old lefty for Kiwoom, seven innings here on Thursday, gave up one unearned run on seven hits. He struck out four. He's gone toe-to-toe with Ku Chang Mo and Dan Straley in his last two starts. That's got to inspire a ton of confidence for the kid. He's kind of in that breakout-ish range, 21, 22, 23. Lee Sung-ho growing up a lot on the job here for Kiwum. Not just in this game where he pitched right up against Straley, but also going up against Ku Chang Mo in his previous outing. One thing for Kiwum here, Park Byung-ho, and I've talked about him a lot. He's been drawing a lot of walks. He's hit six or seven home runs, but the batting average is abysmal. Well, Park now on the injured list for Kiwum, apparently dealing with a variety of different things. We'll see how long he's on that. And if I'm Kiwum right now, I just give him all 10 days. I let him figure out whatever's wrong. Let him clear out these injuries because it's obvious right now that the contact quality is not there for him. And you don't want to rush it with him. So I would just leave him on the 10-day injured list throughout. We'll see if Kiwum does that. But he did not play the last two games, which would put him in line for a return here uh, in a little over a week. Maybe he plays next weekend's series. But for Kiwum, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, I think this could actually be a little bit of a short-term blessing in disguise. Now for Lata, again, they beat Jokic in the first game, didn't score in the second two games, which has really been a story for the Giants here outside of the first week of the season. But in this series, they only drew four walks. They had 29 hits, but they only drew four walks. And I don't know why, but for some reason, walks appear to be the gateway to runs in this league. And and Lotta just hasn't drawn a lot of walks lately, only drew four here in this series. And I think that's something that we can keep an eye on here with the Giants. They get some hits. They don't hit for very much power. They will get some hits. And you've got to draw walks. If you're not hitting for power, you're not getting those doubles and home runs, you have to draw walks to increase your run scoring opportunities to put more guys in scoring position. And Lotta doesn't do that. So when they face teams that don't issue a lot of walks or pitchers specifically that don't issue a lot of walks, I think this will be a continued struggle for them. So that's maybe a betting angle that we can exploit with the Giants that If they're not facing guys that walk batters, then I think that they are in a very, very tough position. Jake Brigham, the foreign pitcher for Kiwum, he's out with elbow discomfort. The thought was that he would be back in June. He's not. He'll be out until at least July. So Kiwum missing one of their two foreign pitchers there, but certainly some of their domestic guys have stepped up in a big way. Kia gets an abbreviated sweep of the NC Dinos. Game three rained out on Thursday. That was supposed to be Ku Chang Mo. Now Ku Chang Mo will face Hanwha, which just sort of seems fitting for how Hanwha's season has gone so far. But I talked about this on Monday. I thought we were in a good spot to fade Mike Wright, and I talked about that in the article as well. Mike Wright, six innings, seven earned, nine hits, gave up a home run, only struck out two, and walked one. And I talked at the top of the show about looking for those signs of regression about trying to figure out when the time is right to bet on those types of things. And sometimes you may have to ride it out for a little while. 
In other cases, you get what we saw with Mike Wright, where it all happened in one game. Park factors matter in this league. If you're trying to bet on individual pitcher regression, you have to pay attention to where they're making their start. Because this is a Kia offense that scored six and a half runs per game at home. And they've been very, very bad on the road, as we know. But they were at home here. Against Mike Wright, who had gotten lucky from an ERA standpoint relative to his fifth. So if you're looking at individual pitchers in line for regression, try to fade them when they pitch at Kia, at KT, at Samsung, at Lata to a degree, even though the Giants offense isn't very good, at NC. There are park factors here that are going to be more conducive to negative regression than others. And that was the case here with Mike Wright in this start. And quite frankly, it could have been worse. They had Wright on the ropes in the second inning where they scored four runs. They gave up an out with a sacrifice bunt, which pisses me off to no end. But they gave up an out to a pitcher that was struggling and that they didn't need to give up an out to. So this could have been even worse for Mike Wright. Did have two inherited runners score in the seventh. That got added to his pitching line. But still, he wasn't good. And that's the primary takeaway here. Speaking of not good, the NC bullpen. They've allowed 36 earned runs in their last 31 and a third innings. They're still hitting. They're still scoring runs. But other parts of the team are fading a little bit. The starting rotation outside of Kuchang Mo and really Drew Rosinski, although he wasn't great in this series either. The starting rotation has shown some cracks. The bullpen's been bad. And unless they can outscore teams, like a lot of teams here in the KBO, it can be a challenge. And as we talked about last week, or maybe on Monday, going into this series, they were outscoring the opposition by 3.9 runs per game on the road. They gave up 14 runs in the two games in this series. And again, I think road regression is what we're looking for out of NC right now, in particular when guys like Mike Wright are going into bad pitching environments like what we saw with Kia here this weekend. Finally, the last recap of the show here. Doosan, they snapped their four-game losing streak by winning the finale over Samsung. And Yuhui Kwan, again, I talk about looking for negative regression, looking for pitchers that are going to struggle a little bit. Park factor matters. Yuhui Kwan, is, he's fine. I mean, whatever. He's been around the KBO for a long period of time. But he is a primary regression candidate. The problem is, at home, he can survive. And he did that on Thursday. Seven innings, give up three runs, but two of them were unearned. Only one strikeout. Walked three, gave up five hits. Only one strikeout. But Jamsil Stadium is so conducive to pitching that he gets by. On the road, I'm looking to fade you, Hui Kwan, if I'm out there betting the KBO. Because at home, I think he gets a break. On the road, I don't think that he will. Speaking of the home road splits, the Doosan offense, 13 runs in the three games of this series. They actually scored seven in the finale. They didn't even face David Buchanan or Juan Tay in the two best starting pitchers for Samsung. This Doosan offense is very bad at home. And we've talked about that a lot on the show already, but their home road splits are just substantial. And I get it. They've got injuries. I've talked about that on the infield They've, they've been missing their first, second, and third baseman. That's going to hurt any offense. But they have consistently 
not hit at home this year. So that is something to follow with Doosan games. And since their bullpen's gotten better, they've been a much better under team at home. And on the road, they have that massive overstreak, as we know. But this is continuing. This is a continued trend for them. So that is something you want to watch for whenever Doosan is at home. Uh, also for Doosan here, OJ Wan, their second baseman, he pinch ran on Wednesday, pinch hit on Thursday. Maybe he's back this weekend. He's an important piece, especially with some of the other injury concerns that they have. But again, this Doosan team, when you're not scoring a ton of runs, when you're not winning slugfests, that's when the details matter. Defense, base running, pitching. This is not a great pitching team. This is a terrible defensive team and a bad base running team. So that's why Doosan, if they're not going to go out there and score six or seven runs per game, I think you can make money fading them. And we saw that here in this series with Samsung cashing a couple of big underdog tickets in the first two games. I think you can fade Doosan in lower scoring environments. But if Doosan's on the road where they can score, buyer beware in those types of situations. Last thing here, Chris Flexen did make the start, but he threw 85 pitches to get 12 outs. Struck out five, walked three, not super sharp. We'll see if that changes for his next outing, but uh, not a great showing for him. And this Samsung offense getting by with enough in the first two games. Not anything overwhelming, not any big takeaways about Samsung here. Other than to say their bullpen has been very good of late. They added Oh Sung Wan, who of course used to pitch for the Cardinals. Uh, you know, that's a guy who's going to really stabilize the back end of this bullpen. It's something that should help Samsung in the long term here. All right, so we take a look at the five series coming up this weekend. And uh, I won't be doing the article here on Saturday or for Saturday or Sunday's game. So just a heads up with that. Won't be doing any KBO write-ups for those. Uh, just throwing that out there for you. So you can take some of these betting thoughts and carry them over into the weekend. Hanwa and NC, Lata and KT, Doosan and LG, SK and Kiwum, and then Samsung and Kia. And of course, as luck would have it here with Hanwa on the road at NC, they get Kuchang Mo because Thursday's game between NC and Kia was rained out. Uh, this is going to be a big line. This is going to be the biggest line of the year in the KBO in all likelihood for Kuchang Mo. Not surprising. I don't know of anybody that's going to want to back Hanwa in that situation. I will say this. Hanwa on the road has been better than Hanwa at home. They've only scored 2.8 runs per game at home, 3.9 runs per game on the road. Now, obviously, that's not earth-shattering at all. They've hit 15 home runs in 18 road games. They've only hit 8 at home in 21 games. So, Hanwa's offense may be a little bit undervalued and underappreciated in this series. They do get Kuchang Mo, which is not good for them. But then they also get the back end of the NC rotation. And NC has allowed 29 home runs in their 20 home games. Only Hanwa has allowed more home runs at home than NC. So I think outside of Kuchang Mo, even in the Warwick Sopold start, this could be a higher scoring series here. NC, the back end of their rotation is is fine. It's not great. And obviously, as we know, their bullpen is pretty bad. So maybe we get a little bit of a higher scoring series here between Hanwa and NC. Maybe something to watch there. 
Lata and KT. This one at KT, so we know what that means. Their offense, six and a half runs per game at home, and they'll avoid Dan Straley here in this series. So KT, with a healthy offense now, I've got to think they're in pretty good shape to score some runs here in this series. Lata will avoid Odrissom or Despagne. However, Lata will have to send Adrian Sampson back out to the mound. And once again, a pretty bad start there for him his last time out. Now, Lata has a bullpen advantage here. And this was something I teased earlier when I talked about KT in their series against SK. KT does not have too many reliable bullpen options. And they played three close games against SK. They did sweep the series, but they were close games. And the first two, in fact, actually went extra innings. So Kim Jae-yoon, who had a 227 ERA and a .82 whip last year for KT, pitched all three games against SK. Ju Kwan, who's been their most reliable reliever, he pitched the first two games, already 20 appearances in 37 games for Ju Kwan. Wu, or excuse me, Yu Wan Sang, he pitched in all three games through 48 pitches in his three appearances against SK. And Joe Hyun Wu, he's worked four of the last five days. The only day he had off was Monday's scheduled off day. So all of the primary relievers for KT have worked extensively this week, in the case of Ju Kwan, extensively this year. So for KT, not only are we looking at this as a possible actionable piece of info this weekend, but over the long term, this KT bullpen had damn well better find some other guys to get out because they are going to burn out their primary relievers. They've already done that here this week using three guys in all three games against SK. So unless they get a blowout on Friday and get a chance to rest the bullpen, they're going to be up against it this weekend. So to me, I think that creates maybe some opportunities on Lata in a live betting sense, certainly some opportunities for some overs, because this KT bullpen is very thin on depth, and their primary relievers worked very hard in that series against SK. So I'm looking at overs here. Even though I don't love the Lata offense, I'm looking at overs because I think they can exploit this KT bullpen in some late-game situations. So maybe not first five overs, but full-game overs should be a good bet here in this series between Lata and KT. With KT back at home where they score six and a half runs per game, and also with a very tired, very depth-shy bullpen forced into action here. And again, they don't have Despagne, and their rotation has not been great beyond him. Bay J. Seong, maybe a little bit of a regression candidate. So I think this is an over-series here with Lata and KT. Doosan and LG, the roommates, face off here at Jamstill Stadium. I don't love this series for Doosan. You're going to get another Casey Kelly start. Cha Wu Chan pitching at home. That should be pretty good for LG. Lee Young Ha will go for Doosan in this series. And it's a big start for him because this is a guy that really needs to get back on track. Gave up seven runs on 14 hits in his most recent outing. That's a big start for him here coming up this weekend against LG. And when you look at what LG has done at home versus what Doosan has done at home, It should give LG the edge in this series. They've scored 5.4 runs per game at home. Now, Doosan played three games against LG early in the season, so they've technically played 20 home games, even though they've played 17. 
because they played three road games, quote-unquote, against LG. In those 20 games at Jamsil Stadium, Doosan has scored 4.7 runs per game. So LG has had better offensive success in this ballpark than Doosan has in a similar sample size. So LG with the pitching edge, LG, maybe the bullpen edge not as well-defined with how well Doosan's bullpen's been pitching, but I still think LG has the better bullpen and the better offense in this setting. I do think this series sets up well for LG. I think this could be a low, lower scoring series, as you would expect at Jamsil Stadium. But I think LG is in better shape here for this series against Doosan. SK and Kiwoom. SK hits the road. As I mentioned, you know, they don't score much on the road, or they don't score much at home. They don't score much on the road either. Only 4.2 runs per game on the road for SK. And at this point in time, they are very clearly the second worst team in the KBO, only better than Hanwa. But there's a couple of considerations here for this series. Lee Yun Wook, a big negative regression candidate for SK. 291 ERA, 475 FIP, 226 batting average on balls in play against, 81.9% left percentage. I would look to fade league on Wook in this series. Now, I don't know what that price is going to look like, but whether it's a Kiwoom team total over or laying the big Kiwoom number, something like that, I think this is a bad spot for him. I think this is a good Kiwoom offense. And more importantly, I think not having Park Byung-ho may help Kiwoom in the short term. Something I talk about occasionally with regards to the NBA or the NHL is the superstar subtraction theory. When one of your star players goes out, everybody else does a little bit more. Everybody else picks up some of the slack. And for right now, Park Byung-ho was pressing. Yeah, he was walking and getting on base, but he was kind of pressing in the middle of that order, not hitting for average. That was maybe hurting Kiwoom's offensive output a little bit. Maybe it's a short-term blessing and a long-term gain to get him healthy. But I do like Kiwoom here against Lee Gion wook Maybe not so much against Moon Sung Wan because Kiwoom will strike out a little bit. But in that start against Lee Gion Wook, I think Kiwoom has success. Maybe a little bit lower scoring otherwise here in this series. But I do think they can have some success in that one. Finally, Samsung and Kia. David Buchanan and Wan Tae-in draw in for Samsung in this series. It is a tough pitcher's park. Buchanan outside of Daegu, where Samsung, that's a pretty good hitting environment. He's only made two starts, but he hasn't given up a run yet. So we'll see if that changes here, taking on a very, very good Kia home offense. This Kia rotation is quite good. Yang Hyun Jong will go in this start. Im Ki Young will go in this series. Aaron Brooks will also make a start. Drew Gagneau is very good, as we know. This is a pretty good Kia rotation. And I don't know if they improve at home. Obviously, it's a tough pitching environment. But I think this could be a spot where maybe we get some high total unders here. Because I do like the pitching matchups for both teams here in this series. Samsung's not a great lineup necessarily. Uh, Kia is a good lineup at home. But again, Samsung throwing out some pretty good pitchers. Could that be a thing? We get some high total unders here. Maybe some under 10 and a half, maybe an under 11, something like that. I think it's a possibility. So maybe that's something you want to take a look at here in this series between Samsung and Kia. I'll be back with another edition of the Betters Box here on the 22nd on Monday. 
I've got a couple of questions for the Monday mailbag, but if you want to send some over, Adam at bangthebook.com or skatingtripods at gmail.com to send over Monday mailbag questions or to get on the list for the show notes here from the betters box. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the betters box. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 